Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Die Destor Prods, usually TTRPG actual play show. But today, it's new 1D&D stuff. We do this every month, which is to say, I force Cave to do this every month. Hey, he's right, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's a new month. New 1D&D stuff has been released, and I'm going to read it out to Cave and get his initial thoughts on it, which will be... Initial immediate outrage, followed by a tepid accepting of what, what I have said because I explained a mistranslation. I will say this. Fucking Christ, can we not do cleric? <laughs> Especially not right after what they did to the skill-based characters. <laughs> oh, because they still need to fix some of that. Yeah, well, it. we are three months into two years worth of playtesting. It's looking like it should be five at this rate. <laughs> so, before we get into the actual document, though, another video was released, I believe, the day before the new playtest material came out, talking about the survey results from the first from the first thing, which was about character origins and uh, new like new background stuff, uh, how backgrounds can be treated going forward, and character species, because they've also... Which I liked that those changes. Yeah. For the most part, I liked those. Yeah, because, hey, here's the thing. Uh, D&D, along with Starfinder, recently made announcements that they are moving away from referring to player character uh, ancestries as races. Which, I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, seriously, I've done it for years. Yeah, surprised it hasn't happened before. <laughs> like, though, hilariously, in my world, technically race is very applicable, as anything can interbreed with anything. Uh-huh. It's why I kind of like the term ancestry. Yeah, ancestry is really solid. Like, ancestry is a good term. Species works, because it's what the original intent of dwarves, elves, etc. is. Yeah. Um... But different species also implies no interbreeding. Yeah. Well, no successful interbreeding. I mean, you could always still have a, uh, God, what's the word? Uh, an infertile bastard. Oh, Looking at you, Ligers. <laughs> we just. And you, mules. Yeah, I was just going to say, we just turn every half elf into a mule. <laughs> Oh my god, half-elves would explode in popularity for bards. <laughs> I was born infertile. Yeah. Hell, hell yeah, BB, let's go. I can't father children. Now, I will say this. I am so sick of the bards or horny horn dog joke, but it, I yeah. couldn't resist it there. <laughs> and I feel bad about it now. Yeah. So anyway, with the survey results video, uh, it also... This also implies that we'll be getting um, up we'll, that, that, that Wizards of the Coast will be collating and finally internalizing the results of the survey every second, um, like sorry, uh, with, with essentially two releases after the survey ends. So they're going to give us two months and then boom. Yeah. So effectively what it was was thing comes out, survey gets done. The next release happens. Then the release after that is when they have finally taken the survey data and actually like, co like, co like collated it and got it like set as to here's what we learned from it. Which means if you think a class, race, well, species, if you think a class, species, etc., is underpowered compared to everything else, complain. If you think it's overpowered, complain. There is an avenue for you. 
Yeah. And this is one of the biggest reasons why fifth edition got nerfed. Well, and by nerfed, I mean like it got reduced complexity overall because that's what people said they wanted. People re responded to sur the survey saying, hey, we want something a bit simpler to play. And that's why fifth edition isn't as fun. I'm joking. I'm joking. It is very fun, but there it's it's there's just not enough customization. And monks are too weak. <laughs> Make monks better. So anyway. I have I have three favorite classes: monks, rogues. Well, I'm sorry, monks, bards, and artificers. Probably gonna be rogues later because I saw what they did to my poor boys. Um, <laughs> but monks. Bards and artificers are my favorite classes to play. Bard comes in last, but like they're like artificers and monks are always consistently like the most annoying to play. <laughs> Give me a good artificer boy. <laughs> hey. What? I'm I'm playing one right now, motherfucker. Oh yeah, no, your artificer's really good. Like I'm saying like I want really good crafting rules. No, I fucking I agree. The only thing mentioning crafting in this has been one feat that was bad. Starfinder has had the best crafting rules that I've seen so far. So I'm hoping D&D like is able to say, "Hey, we got something." Cuz I love D&D. They got to step up their game. So anyway, survey results. Yeah. According to Wizards of the Coast, like everything I'm going to be saying is from Wizards, so Take whatever I'm going to say with a grain of salt, considering it's coming from people who are biased towards, hey, we want people to think the survey was a fucking banger. But according to them, 40,000 people began the survey. 39,000 finished it. That's still not bad. Yeah. Um, according to them. Uh, I mean, we like, could do with more. Yeah. But... Yeah. So according to them, they kind of got into how they take survey results mm -hmm. where it's essentially um, a percentage of satisfaction. Mm. If a, and if a feature is given a high enough, like uh, effectively a high enough satisfaction percentage, then it's just, okay, we go in, this is unchanged this is how we're going to be doing it. And then no. from there, it kind of breaks down into like, like 90 is essentially, Hey, we want exactly this, exactly the way this is. If you change it, we will riot. Okay. Okay. I was thinking there, it would be like 70. Yeah. We'll keep it. In, okay. If it's 90, then that's fine. Because that so, means so, the vast majority of people like it. So that's 90 unchanged. 80 is, hey, this is fucking great, but they may need to tweak one or two things to like have it work with the other systems and work within the world. 70s is, hey, people like this, but it needs some actual work done. If something scores in the 60s, then it's, hey, this is salvageable. It will require major work, but we can make something usable out of this. If it's in the 50s, it's basically gone, but could be saved. If it's 40s or below, it's fucking done. I want to say I don't like that, but I completely understand that mindset. Yeah, like... Because, like, there's a lot of stuff that... Like, I know the vast majority of people would probably rate the chef feet in fifth edition, like below 60 because <laughs> it's completely useless unless you're like RPing a cook and 
but I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I know I'm weird for this, but I love the chefie. And maybe it's because I'm a role player. Maybe it's because I love cooking. I love being the chef. I love, like, I like skill kits. I like getting the skills. I like being able to make things. Yeah. So, Cave, okay. <sighs> how much do you remember about the first one D&D on Earth Arcana thing that we talked about? Not very much at all. Uh, I could bring up the Unearthed Arcana if you'd like, so that I can, you know, give more of a valid opinion. But uh, if, if, you, if you feel like you want to, that's if, that's fine. What do you think got the highest satisfaction score out of anything that was introduced in that document? Um. Dun, 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 dun. Uh... <laughs> if you I'm know- going to guess the first level feat. You goddamn right. That was in that document. Yep. Right. Yeah. First level feet in backgrounds was the highest satisfaction, which they report at eighty-seven percent satisfaction. What do you think the lowest was? Um. I remember them nerfing something. I can't remember what. Okay, well, instead of just having 30 seconds of dead air, I'll tell you. Yeah, tell me, because... It was the D20 test rules. Oh, didn't we hate those? Yes, we did. Specifically for one part of it, but these were the entirety of the rules, which includes a natural... Yeah, which includes a natural 20 is always a success regardless of the check you're making. A natural one is always a failure regardless of the check you're making. And DMs can't crit. Yeah, that was the stupidest rule. Yeah, and apparently they were doing that for A-B testing where first first thing came out had those rules. The second thing before they got the results fully in for the first survey, they removed that rule entirely. Those clever bastards! Yeah, it's almost like they've been designing games for years. They knew we would despise it. Oh, that's... I applaud that. I applaud that. Yeah, and so that I was the that. And so that was the lowest scoring thing out of the entire first Unearthed Arcana. What but did it get? Low sixties. Really? Yeah, I think people hated the crits, but didn't mind the nat nat twenties, nat one auto succeed auto fail because That's people true. already play that. People already play that way. Yeah, I've actually been thinking of modifying for my personal home rules and making a nat one not an auto fail. Yeah. Unless you're in combat. Yeah, that's, um, that's effectively I, and I, I do making not... it so that I as the DM can only crit once around. Because I like horde battles. Ugh. And landing 17 crits in a round. Really, really unfair on the party. Yeah, but that's why you just lie. Well, yes, I do that. You don't. No, I do. Just not often. <laughs> the number of times I've been crit by you and you lie? Oh my god. Yeah. My dice just hate you that much. Uh, and another thing they actually, and the other thing uh, that I want to like bring up in terms of stuff in that first document is essentially the satisfaction ranking of the species in that document. Mm-hmm. So, number one with the bullet, the new human. Yeah, the new human was solid. People fucking love the new human. Yeah. Yeah. Then. Four races tied for second. <laughs> Which ones? Wait, let me guess. Okay. Uh, I'm going to guess Elf, Dragonborn, 
tiefling and I'm going to throw in a weird one halfling. Okay, you're two for four. Hey, 50%. That's not bad. That's guessing. <laughs> yep. So it is elf, tiefling, dwarf, and orc. Hmm. Yeah, I remember the orc one being good. Let me check it. Yeah, the orc one was solid. Powerful Pe- build. Oh, count as one size category larger. I love that. Yeah. People endurance. also really loved having, having with the dwarves having tremor sense. I mean, it, it like it works. Yeah, it works. After that, two more races tied for third. Sorry, two more species tied for third. It's gonna be we're getting used to that. Yeah, it's gonna be something you have to learn. Yeah, and I still slip and call them races from time to time. Yeah, and, and I've been calling them species for decades. Yeah, and those two are gnome and halfling. Hmm. Yeah, those were uh, in the those were a uh, seventy eight. And then the final two species, not tied, uh, but they were both, but the final two were in the 60s. I would have figured the Scalies would have loved to try anything Dragonborn. Oh, no. People, you remember how angry we got about the breath weapon? Yeah. We weren't alone. So they all fixated on that? Yes. Good. (laughs) Because Dragonborn were the lowest rated of the original species. Good. Below Ardley. Yeah, Ardling was the weird one, wasn't it? That was like the we we wanted to make Asimar, but not make Asimar. Yeah, we wanted yeah. to make yeah we wanted to make Asimar, but they but they have like a but like hey maybe furries. Yeah, no, and weird. they should they honestly should just re, re like introduce a beast people race and just like ha, like pick from this list of traits to build your beast. Oh well, hey, funny you should fucking that. mention that. We'll get into that <laughs> oh, later. No. Oh no. But yeah, uh, so they also uh, talked about um, some of their design philosophy going into this, uh, which is to say, which is like looking at it, um, kind of watching, kind of watching the video and hearing them talk about it. There were kind of four main things they wanted to focus on when building this, and kind of that were there when building Fifth Edition. Mm-hmm. Um, well, sorry, one thing from building Fifth Edition, and the rest being going forward, having what they learned from Fifth Edition. All right, uh, there is one thing I want to say. Oh, uh, yes. I'm going to shit on 5th edition a lot. Okay. For everyone who's listening to any of these. I love 5th edition. It is miles ahead of its predecessor. And I'd say it actually competes, maybe not on the exact same playing field, but competes with 3-5. However, I would shit on 3-5. Yeah. <laughs> because 3-5... Oh, Lordy, was there a numbers issue with 3.5. Like, the moment I found out about digital character sheets, I was like, thank God, I don't have to rewrite my character sheet every three months because I've erased everything 16 times. Oh, good <laughs> Lord. 3.5 had it, had serious. But I love, I love 5th edition. So I'm going to shit on it, but know that it comes from a place of love. Yeah. Knowing Cave, he would not have set aside enough time to write out and then also DM a recorded campaign if he didn't like the system. I feel like that's He's fair to say. I'm, I'm fairly lazy at times. Ugh. No, it's not even that. It's, it's just like, if you don't like something, I could put an effort into it. Yeah, true enough. Like, it's not like we're sitting down here going like, all right, guys, we're time, like, time for K's Power by the Apocalypse game. And 
when they announced one DD, I was like, those motherfuckers, they haven't finished fifth edition yet. Because <laughs> there's still a lot of stuff I'd like to see them add to fifth edition. I really hope they add more weapon variety or like modifications to weapons so that you can get weird, cool stuff out of them. Well, hey there, if only if only we were talking about that later in the document. <laughs> oh, they're still granting all my wishes. <laughs> All right, so yeah, the thing that they said was uh, something they were looking at that they did during 5th uh, edition that they are carrying going forward is looking at what is right for specific classes. And this is brought up in reference to class-specific spell lists. Because okay. with the with the 1D&D playtest material that's been released so far, they have, instead of having individual spell lists for each individual class, they are broken up into three master lists, the Arcane, the Divine, and the Primal. But if you remember when we talked about uh, Bard last time, they were like, hey, the Bard pulls from the arcane spell list, but they can only pull enchantment and illusion spells. So then what that means, what that kind of brought up in the discussion what they had was, is it going to be easier for players to just have the master list and then just kind of like cross out things that don't apply to their class or have a summary list for the class that they then cross reference with the master lists? There wasn't a specific answer on what his idea on what they're like what they eventually settle on with that is. But it is a thing they are looking at and that hey they apparently have been looking at since designing fifth edition. Yeah, I still don't like the school based system for classes, personally. Uh I mean it to a certain extent it makes sense, but there better be ways to cross over. Well there we read the Bard thing, and it literally said, "Hey, when you reach these levels, choose from any choose from any school of magic." You know, yes. like magical secrets, what they did before. Yes, but that's the Bard. Like the Bard had magical secrets from jump. Yeah, uh, and we'll see what else come with that. Uh, so then, the things he said that he was looking that they were looking at when making this, it was kind of three main points that I saw. I could have missed something. Please. Let us know in the comments. Correct us. We know you fucking assholes love doing that. Internet, you fuckers. Please, um, actually, yes. Yeah. So, uh, first one. Making class abilities matter. And kind of tied into that, getting away from the idea of must-have feats. Yeah. Because they talked about that specifically in relation to the Great Weapon Master and the Sharpshooter feats. Because those got changed heavily in that they removed everything people loved about them in terms of the damage buff and penalty attack. Because that was the thing. Yeah. If you were playing a thing with heavy weapons or if you were playing a fucking archer, you took those feats because, hey, a minus five to attack for plus 10 damage? Fucking, I have 19 billion magical items that make that completely non-existent. So I fucking am rolling with plus 12 to hit and getting plus 10 damage automatically. Yeah, the problem with that is they didn't add anything to them. They did not. They just crippled them and then we're like, yep, that's good. <laughs> yes, because what they are doing is taking things that would be used as secondary feats and making them core class abilities to the classes that use them. Yeah, but now they've made them the worst feats in the game. Oh no, Muffin. Is I, I just hope they do do like they fix like the must have warcaster feat. Because if you're a Gish, you've got to take Warcaster, pretty much. Which makes playing a Bladesinger really annoying. 
Yeah, I don't optimize builds. I have no idea the relationship between Warcaster, Bladesinger, and Gish is. And I don't really want okay. to know in the, in, the sp- in the span of this recording. Fair enough. Because I would spend the next 20 minutes educating you. <laughs> I'm aware. But yeah, and the other thing that he wanted to do was uh, clarifying uh, what they called Mother May I abilities. Which is abilities that only work if your DM buys into your interpretation of them. Yeah, I really hate that when that happens. Yeah, uh, they were specifically, specifically mentioned uh, the ranger abilities. Like, like, in particular, the original ranger abilities. You mean the garbage ones? Yes. Because it's like, hey, if the, if the DM's like, hey, I want you to use your abilities, so we're going to put you in areas where these work, then they're great. If the DM is just like, why would you go to a no, forest? No, fuck you. I developed my, car- my uh, campaign around this, and you built a forest ranger? You're in the desert, asshole. Yeah. And so then... How'd a player do that and then get mad? <laughs> and then the other ability they mentions is the thief ability to use, an act, to use an item as a bonus action, part of the cunning action. That got removed because using use an item was incredibly poorly defined in the original player's handbook. It really was. And the, like, the, the most used item in combat, the healing potion... Was house ruled to be a bonus action anyway? Yeah. Like I have never played at a table where they were like, "Yeah, uh, we uh, we use potions as an action <laughs> only." Because like that's stupid. I mean, I've done that. <laughs> yeah, but then you went back on it. <laughs> anyway, uh, and then the last thing they kind of brought up. Um, well, something that is in the documents for like what's ahead of the thing, but just kind of clarifying it for everyone talking is that there are going to be in the over the course of the entirety of the uh, playtest, there will be 48 subclasses. Four nice. for yeah, four for each of the 12 main classes. But wait, what's that? I hear you say, aren't there 13? Yes, they're fucking not doing dick for artificers. Motherfuckers! <laughs> because I think. I think that Artificer is technically going to be considered the first one D&D class. Because the way they built Artificer is already how they are built, how they are saying they're going to be building the classes for fucking fit for one D&D. So they're saying that they're just going to bring in the regular Artificer. They haven't actually said shit. It's just like, because. Art, like Artificer has only ever been mentioned in any of these documents as a footnote. Like, Artificer is my favorite class. I waited for way too fucking long in 5th edition to get to play an Artificer. And then they kept changing it on me. Yeah. Well, that's because the first time they released an Artificer, it sucked ass. It really did. <laughs> and then it. it was kind of OP. <laughs> yeah. And they made the new thing. And, hey, it's pretty good. Unless you're playing Alchemist. Yep. They really need to fix Alchemist. Well, too damn bad they ain't fixing shit with that. Because I'd love to play an Alchemist. Uh, They suck. Yeah. Like, anything you can do with the Alchemist, you could probably do with the other ones better. Yeah. But anyway, uh, so uh, the the final thing they kind of said uh, that I'm going to mention is uh, just because something doesn't appear in playtest materials doesn't mean it hasn't doesn't mean it is no longer in the game, which is apparently a thing people thought. 
specifically Guys, because it's still the beginning days yeah, specifically because on the arcane spell list eldritch blast has not appeared in any printing of these documents a warlock hasn't appeared in any printing of these documents exactly <laughs> calm your tits people oh actually uh, so final thing with the uh, 48 subclasses thing a lot of people are taking that as when the new book comes out Every class will have four subclasses, and that's it. Eh, I don't believe that. I don't. I don't believe that they will stick with four subclasses, but potentially in a printing, like like, hey, here is the player's handbook. Here is the basic information about these classes and the fucking basic bitch subclasses. I can see them having four each. It's going to be very weird because they have been saying nonstop that this new edition of D anD. d Well, I say new edition. This next D&D thing will be backwards compatible with all the previous stuff they've printed. And then they print this thing, which very much flies in the face of that. But we'll get into that. I don't think that... Here, here's what I think. I think we'll get three subclasses. I think they're going to do four subclasses as playtests and then print the three most popular ones. Or the most variety, the the three that have the most variety between them. That's what I think, and I think later on we'll get more subclasses. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, that sounds reasonable. Uh, and I also think that wizard and cleric are actually going to start with six minimum, because it's wizards of the coast. How many yeah. subclasses does the cleric have right now? Fourteen. <laughs> Fucking clerics. Wizards have thirteen. Fucking wizards. And everyone else has between seven and nine. Artificers have four. But they're an outlier, so. Yeah. Bring, bring my sweet baby boy home. Give, <laughs> Show some love for the art. <laughs> give them subclasses and give them good crafting rules, you fucking assholes. I'll take one or the other. <laughs> yeah, actually, four subclasses is fine. That's plenty. Yeah, like, make alchemists better and give us good crafting rules. That's it. That's all we want. Wizards, you assholes. You guys just hate artificers because they're the Batman that every wizard wants to be. Yeah, and actually thinking, yeah, thinking back on it now and looking at, like, uh, the ranger class. Yeah, I think straight up artificers are just the first one D&D class. Mm. Because they have the, like, because, like, because, like, Ranger and Paladin in 5th edition, they are half-casters, so they start at level 2 for spellcasting. Uh-huh. Artificer. Artificer is a half-caster that starts at level 1. Exactly. And, and looking at the playtest document, now so does Ranger. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, and then uh, final things for what's coming next in 1D&D. This is, this is in, like, a bunch of the printing stuff. Um, and just a couple of things that they kind of went into a bit more in the video. Um, for starters, martial classes will have new weapon options. Squee. He did not specify what that meant. Did they go any deeper into that? And the video was edited very awkwardly so that it said, so that it was like, and we'll have new, and we'll have new weapon options. Anyway, <laughs> it was an awkward fucking cut. Oh, that's going to be fun. <laughs> that's going to be fun. And then the other thing uh, they brought up was the Bastion rules, which is a new optional system 
where players can build a home base, yes! occupy it with NPCs, and have modified rules for downtime activities within your bastion. Yes! Base building! Base <laughs> building! Uh, yes! God, you're one of those weirdos who played Fallout 4 for the base building, aren't you? Yes, I am! Fucking Christ. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, like, so... Back in first edition, like, if you played a fighter, you did it because you got a free castle. Like, Wait, that was, like, one of the... Yeah, that's one of the things with fighter is you got a castle. As you, like, eventually, you got a castle. Um, second edition had some really solid, like, base management rules. Third edition had, in like, I think, like, three books dedicated to base management. At least one of which was Wizards of the Coast original. And... Fourth and fifth edition kind of just forgot that people like to have a house. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, they're bringing base building back. Hell yeah! I love base building. And you know what I love? Rules glossaries. Because that's where we're starting with the document. Uh, I would like to remind everyone, I don't even have the document open because I'm going in completely blind. Yeah, this is me reading it and then saying it to Cave who then gets very angry until I explain it properly, and then he goes, oh, okay, I get it now. <laughs> so, uh, And then later on, I'll look it up myself. Yeah, so uh, the document, um, it has a change log of things that have changed in the rules glossary, and specifically with this one, I'm going to be looking mainly at the spells, because they changed up some of the classic cleric spells, specifically Aid, Guidance, Prayer of Healing, Resistance, and Spiritual Weapon. What did they do to my boy? We'll get there. Uh, they, they also did a couple other things. Uh, ooh, also, banishment. Just notice that one. They also did a couple other things in terms of like changing up the wording on some of their old rulings, uh, specifically with uh, the ones that I meant that I ones that I noticed at least were um, the attack action, specifically the equipping weapons section, and ooh. the long rest. Hmm. With the equipping weapons thing, uh, previous versions of the documents came out and said. When you make an attack action as part of any attack in that action, you can equip or unequip a weapon. What it now says is each attack in an attack action. Oh, that's net. Well, that's good for throwing weapons, actually. Just, uh, and so it also includes unarmed strikes for like other things. In case oh, that that's awesome. Yeah, and it's and it's before that, that's great for the sword flurrier. Yeah, and it's before or after each attack. Which that is Because I, I know some monk abilities are like you have to have an uh, an empty hand or something. The, yeah. No, I think it's like you you can follow up with an unarmed strike, and most people are like, Yeah, I'll just headbutt them or kick them. Yeah. But that's cool. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah, so uh yeah, with the aid spell, we'll start out with that. Uh, the aid spell, original version of the spell, choose up to three creatures within 30 feet. Each target's hit point maximum and current hit points increase by five for eight hours. Yeah, that's one of the reasons why it was so powerful. Because yes. it wasn't temp HP. You know, it wasn't temp HP. It was eight hours and it was like healing them actually. So aid was originally intended to be just a buff. Just like, hey, here's a little extra thing going in there. But then it was just like, oh, everyone's down. Sick. Aid, you're back. Yeah, and a really cool thing is, well, for me, <laughs> it combos with like anything that gives temp HP, like say uh, inspiring leader. Yeah, 
Um, it's actually on one of my healer builds. I'm probably going to be dropping it on another healer build that I've got right now. Once I get once I get to the point where I can have it. Yeah. So the new version target six creatures, get five temporary okay. hit points. Fair. Yeah. Just double the number that of creatures. Make it fair. Yeah, double the number of creatures. Make it a less effective spell, but still fine. Still second level, fair. still instantaneous, still everything else is the same. Uh, next up, a one that I should have looked up earlier, but completely missed that it was that it had been changed. Banishment? Yes. So, banishment. Uh, concentration for one minute. That's all still the same. Uh, so, original one. You attempt to send one creature that you can see within within 60 feet to another plane of existence. Target must see a Christmas saving throw or be banished. If the target is native to the plane of existence you're on, you banish it to a harmless demi-plane. While there, it's incapacitated. Target remains there until the spell ends, at which point it pops back into where pops back in where it left or the nearest unoccupied space. If the target is native to a different plane, you banish it back home. If the spell ends, if the spell ends before one minute has passed, he reappears where he where he left. Otherwise, stays home. It's one of the most classic uh, save or suck spells. Yeah. Like, this is, I'm taking the boss out of the fight. That's what this spell is. It's one of the uh, spells that is like, I've actually seen this spell comboed so many times with Silvery Barbs, uh, with Divination Wizards. Uh, just so often I've seen this spell used to say, and you're not a problem for now. Yeah. It's a classic. A staple. Yeah. Uh, so, new one. Same casting time, same concentration, same range, same all that shit. You attempt to send one creature that you can see within range to another plane of existence, must succeed on a charisma saving throw, or be transported to a harmless demi-plane for the duration. The target can willingly fail the save. While in the demi-plane, it is incapacitated. At the end of each of his turns, the target can, re can make the saving throw again, ending the spell on itself and on a success. When the spell ends on the target, it reappears to the space it left or in the nearest unoccupied space. If the spell lasts, if the spell lasts on the target for one minute, and the target is an aberration, celestial, elemental, fey, or fiend, they don't return. It is instead transported to a random location on a plane associated with its creature type. Okay, which implies that potentially you could send a devil into the fucking abyss. Oh no, that's hilarious. Because fiend doesn't differentiate devil and demon. Yep. So you end up starting a hell war by accidentally banishing a thing to the wrong plane. <laughs> hey, you're a Baylor. Goodbye. <laughs> Why are the demons and devils invading our plane? Oh, they're just using it as a battlefield because some motherfucker sent a Baylor to the wrong place. Ooh, or dumber. A one quarter chance of insta killing a fucking fire elemental. <laughs> Oh, it's nasty. I love it. Because <laughs> it's desperately say creature type, not creature. Uh, so, uh, next spell, Guidance. So, the last version of Guidance that they... Uh, well, let me get my opinion on the Banishment. Okay, go ahead. It's fine. Yeah. It's like, I actually like that they've given like a way to kind of negate it. Because it was such an insta-win. Yeah, you fail one save, you're just fucked. And, they like, Divination Wizards could almost guarantee that. And, like, Silvery Barbs could almost guarantee it. Yeah. 
Like but now getting to repeat the save at the end of every turn. Yeah. Like a lot of spells have that are meant to be saver sucks. Yeah. Banishment was the most powerful and now it's on par. Yeah. So next up guidance. The previous version of guidance was honestly just the pathfinder guidance. You cast it once on, on one person. They get one D four to add to the next check. Then they are immune to it for an hour. Now, okay. Yeah, now new version of the spell. It is a reaction. Whenever, okay. whenever, I like that. Yeah, whenever you or an ally within ten feet of you fails an ability check. Ooh. You then just wrote the the, the end can add a D four to that. Yeah. That's saucy. I like it. Yeah, I, I like I like the change. Yeah, I believe. Does it still uh, p- apply immunity for an hour? Uh, no. Oh, that's dangerous. Yeah, uh, it's... Th- they changed it a bit because it's now within 10 feet. And, it, yeah, because, like, the old version, uh, looking at the They've old... They've just vastly improved it. Yeah, look at the old version. Um, Well, sorry, the previous version from the playtest material. It was also a reaction. It was within 30 feet. And once a creature rolls the die for the spell, that creature can't benefit from the spell again until they finish a long rest. So yeah, they need to introduce some kind of like you can't get this for a while thing because they're trying. To, yeah, they're trying to find a balance of because like cause I'd like, say once per short rest. Oh god, no, no. What? Oh god, yeah. Everybody would be begging to short rest all the time. No. Oh no, no. Even more short resting. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> all of a sudden, everyone's a monk or warlock. Fuck. <laughs> But this is like it's too good. It's too like every skill check. You're either proficiencyed or expertised now. No, so that's the thing. It's it only triggers on fails. So if you succeed normally, you're good. Yeah, and if you fail, then you treat you can treat it as if you have proficiency because it's an average of two point five to the check. Yeah, and if you fail the check by three, then you still like have to do well on the D four die. But you get what I'm saying. Yeah, I get what like, you're saying, but also like, but also like, it did, have, having it be applied to after the check, I think is, I like that in terms of balancing. Uh, like I get, I get where they're coming from of just like not being like them not wanting to just be like, all right, all right, everybody take, all right, everybody take fucking guidance. I'm going to be doing this fucking thing. And then we're just going to go like, blah, 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 blah. like I, I enjoy that. I enjoy that aspect of it where it is a lot more. I'm trying to think of the words for this, but it. I like that it is. It's honestly just the failing part, because, because like it, it makes it a bit more tense, it makes it a bit more whatever. And if you just fail hard enough, that doesn't even fucking matter. You don't have to waste the time going. I do your guidance. Anyway, I'm I'm in the camp that it needs a little bit more restriction. Uh, the ten feet. That's better, at least, because 30 feet, there's yeah. no chance anyone's ever, like, not going to get guidance cast on them. Um, yeah, I maybe it's just because I have the, like, maybe it's just because I'm playing at Artificer right now with the, like, Flash of Genius ability, which does the same thing, but better. Yeah, Flash of Genius hasn't annoyed me at all. At all. <laughs> <laughs> not in the least. Why would it? 
motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, if it was if it was like a leveled spell, maybe. No, that would make it suck. Well, like it's it's think of like they need re- they need a restriction on it, but the way it is now, I think, is fine. Any any like further restrictions on it is just going to like it's currently like in that weird liminal space between being awesome and being trash. They could just put it back to touch. Was it then? Touch like before? you have to be prepared. The original guidance is touch. Oh, it is. Yeah, the original oh. guidance range is touch. If they put it back to touch, then it's not. Oh, you failed the skill. Try try and add a d four. Then it's all right. We're both standing here at this door. Pick that lock. You're breathing down my neck. I don't care. I need to be ready to cast guidance. <laughs> oh, this lock is tough. Slap. Oh, I got it. <laughs> Isn't that just the help action? Yeah, actually. <laughs> no, the help action the help action gives you um advantage. Advantage. So you could take the help action and be ready to cast guidance. <laughs> anyway. Oh my god, the, the guidance guy is just always assisting in skill checks. Anyway, next up, prayer of healing. So original prayer of healing. Six creatures within 30 feet. They recover 2d8 plus your, plus your wisdom. Doesn't affect... Isn't this the spell that had to be eroded? I don't remember. Or is that circle of healing? It's circle of healing. Yeah, prayer of healing is just like, you take 10 minutes, just go... And then everyone around you gets the effect of two cure wounds, basically. Or a second level cure wounds. Not that great a spell, not that bad a spell. It does its job. It's a it's a decent thing if you if you have time to take ten minutes, but not the time to take an hour. Yeah, it's good out of combat healing. Yeah. The new version of the spell. Still ten minutes, still thirty feet. Choose a number of willing creatures equal to your spell casting ability modifier. Each okay. of those creatures that remains within range of you for the ten minutes regains two D eight hit points. And the benefits of a short rest. Oh my god, that is awesome. And a creature can't be affected by the spell again until that creature finishes a long rest. I play a lot of warlocks. I play a lot of monks. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah. The cleric that has this spell is my best friend. <laughs> it's basically a better catnap. Catnap sucks. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, they found a way to make it good. <laughs> no, they didn't. They made a better spell. <laughs> Uh, so next up, resistance. The guidance, but for saving throws. The new version is the new guidance, but for saving throws. I have no strong feel- feelings on this one way or the other. Fair enough. And finally, spiritual weapon. Still a bonus action. Still 60 feet. Concentration. Fair. That's a fair change. And the damage goes up every spell level instead of every two spell levels. Fair. That's fair. Yeah. Apparently, apparently them like not giving the original spiritual weapon concentration, which is a massive oversight on their part. (laughs) Oh no, I've been using a glitch. (laughs) Yeah, and I don't care. I love spiritual weapon. Yeah, and I have been misreading that fucking spell the entire time because I all I thought it already 
went up a D8 in damage for every spell level above second. But no, it's every two spell levels above second. Yeah. I just Which isn't bad. I mean, it gets outpaced in damage by a lot of other spells, but the fact that it's not concentration, great use for a bonus action. Such a good spell. Yeah. I was like, who gives a fuck if it gets fucking outpaced by their damage spells? You still have it as a bonus action. Yeah. Just drop that as a bonus action and cast Guiding Bolt on your turn. It's totally working for me in our Holy Rollers campaign. Yeah. Uh, uh. All right, so I guess a final thing for um, for just like changes for things. Uh, long rest. They changed the wording of it. So now it is dumb and weird. Oh, yeah. Okay. After you finish a long rest. You must wait at least 16 hours before starting another one. Oh, that hurts my head. Right? Right? <laughs> uh, and then also something else that uh, they uh, put in a older version now, of this document that we well, have. Well, let, me, let me just oh, say this. The reason that hurts my head is because they've overcomplicated it. Yes. All they had to do is say you can only take one long rest per day. <laughs> and then, like, if they're really concerned and you cannot take two consecutive long rests or some shit like that, like, who is spamming long rests? A lot of people. Really? Yeah. The amount of fucking people I've had in a party that go, okay, we finished a long rest. We have one fight. We take another long rest. Yeah, I've, I didn't know. <laughs> yeah. And, so, and then, so the last thing for the rules glossary for now, uh, the magic action. The what now? Uh, the magic action. This is an action that you take to cast a spell or use a magic item that requires a magic action to activate. Effectively okay. taking, effectively saying, hey, if you want to use a magic item, it's not a use an item action. It's a magic action. Okay. Oh, sorry. Actually. Now, last thing for now, the influence system. Ah, yes. So I talked about this last time and how I was kind of down for it because I like numbers for interacting with people. I am bad at doing it if on the regular. So having just a number doing you do this, they do good. <laughs> I enjoyed that. Turns out I'm in the minority. That's a shame. And I get why. Because... Before it was, hey, if you get, because before it was like, hey, DC fucking 10, you get this shit. And it, and it was also like very wishy-washy about like what the actual um, attitudes, because it's three different attitudes. It's indifferent, friendly, and hostile. Mm -hmm. And the thing was like, hey, if, if a creature you're uh, talking to is friendly, they, you, your DM might grant you advantage on a roll. And if he's, if he's hostile, he might grant you disadvantage. Uh, I don't like that. Don't and then like it was that. like, hey, DC 10 and DC 20. And a lot of people also kind of conflated that with the natural twenties auto succeed rule. Where it's like, hey, I'm trying to I'm trying to convince this fucker to do something for me, but he hates me. I rolled a natural twenty. He's going to do whatever I want. Fuck you, DM. He's my bitch now. Yeah, they have changed that up, obviously, uh, because it, like with the previous version, it is very much stated this is not mind control. Just because you roll good doesn't mean they will do whatever you want. What? But I got a nat 20. 
This goes out to all those players who think a nat 20 can just let you command someone to do something with a diplomacy or an intimidate. You can't. Period. Yep, no. Like, you should be able to influence them somewhat with a nat 20. Or a really high in intimidate or diplomacy. But you can't walk into the king's palace and say, actually, I'm the king, and nat 20 your way onto the throne. Yeah. That's not how it works. Someone is getting very upset at you saying that. I had a player pull that with me recently. How quickly they did you get booted from the server you were on? Thrown in the dungeon. What? How quickly did he get booted from the server you were on? Uh, he didn't actually. He's still he's still on. Like, I don't know if he's going to actually show up to the next session, but he said he would. <laughs> he's currently in the dungeon, and I've got a prison escape planned, so... Fingers crossed he actually shows. All right. So, uh, yeah, so those three modes are still the same, but still interacting with them. You make a make a charisma check, uh, depending on what skill you're uh, this influence skill changes depending on what uh, you're doing, but it is still charisma based with the skills being animal handling, deception, intimidation and persuasion. Mm. And the minimum DC, because they changed this, is now a minimum DC of 15. Or the creature's intelligence score, whichever is higher. Ooh, I like that. Yep. Yeah, uh, if the if you if your check succeeds, creature does as asked. You're not convincing the ninth level wizard that hates your guts that he should be, he should make you a chicken sandwich. Especially Go away. The, especially not with a seven charisma. <laughs> oh, do it <laughs> at twenty. No. All right, cool. With a seven, that's a that's minus three, so that's seventeen. You failed. <laughs> Not twenties auto succeed. Get the fuck off my table. Oh, and I mean off. God. Stop standing on my fucking table. <laughs> but yeah, uh, if you I had a lot of fun playing an orc recently. <laughs> but yeah, if your check fails, you have to wait to make the same request again. Typically twenty four hours, but the DM may change that as he was. So you can't just like so you can't just sit there and just like spam checks over and over again. Oh god, I'm just imagining like, all right, I failed the check. Can I influence him again? No, come on, no, no. come on. You're failing the check right now, you know, in real life. Yeah, and then also, if the creature is friendly to you, you have advantage. If they are hostile, you have disadvantage. Just flat. That's fair. Yeah. Could probably still use some work, but hey, it's better. And I enjoy it. I enjoy having things that let tell you how to interact with people. I like it. Fuck all of someone you. Like, someone likes to raise their charisma so they can uh, smooth their way through any conversation and fall out. If I'm playing a 20 charisma character, they shouldn't be fucking hurt by the fact that I don't know how to person good. I never penalize players for not knowing how to person good. I uh, I help I give players benefits for knowing how to person good. That's the difference. Like you don't get disadvantage because you said ah sandwich. You just get advantage for saying hi. I know that you might think the sandwich is poisoned, but it's not. Here. I sometimes do impose disadvantage if they say something incredibly stupid. Yeah, but most people aren't James. 
I hope he listens to this and comes on on Sunday. Is like, fuck you, caveman. He doesn't, he doesn't listen to any of our content. I know. I wish he did. It'd be funny. Yeah. So anyway, moving on to species. This document has three species, two of which we've seen before. It's okay. the updated Ardling and the updated Dragonborn. All right, let's hear what they've got. So, to refresh people who didn't check the first document, Ardlings were originally basically asimers with fursonas. They had animal heads, and they were from one of the celestial planes that did, like, fucking divine magic and shit. People saw that and were like, okay, what the fuck is this? Is this replacing the ASMR? Why the fuck are you making this if ASMR already a thing? Make them kitty people, you fucking assholes. Why are ASMRs not just in this PDF? Yeah. So, they took that thing, they took that advice, were like, okay, we got it. They are now people who descend from celestial animals of the Beastlands. Okay. Now you have an animal ancestry. There are four types of animals you can choose from. Climbers, flyers, racers, and swimmers. That's, that makes sense. If you are a climber, you have like a hook tail, some kind of like sharp nails, uh, hook claws. Uh, you get a climb speed equal to your movement speed. And once per turn when you deal damage with an unarmed strike to a target, you can increase the damage to, to that target by an amount equal to your proficiency bonus. I like that. That'll make them good monks. Yep. Simple, clean. And if you take some fucking bullshit that lets you just punch motherfuckers, it also makes your punches better. For one of those weird assholes who are like, I made a fighter. I punch people. Hey, it's a legitimate fighting style now. I'm aware. So <laughs> My favorite thing about that fighting style is like for several levels, it's just strictly better than monks on our team. <laughs> so, it's such bullshit. <laughs> flyers. You have vestigial wings. Boo. When you fall, you can use your reaction to negate all fall damage. And when you jump, you can use you can flap your wings to gain advantage on the roll. Boo. Because jumping is now a specific action with specific rules and not just, yeah, I can do stuff. Flight is fun. Give us flight. We'll get flight. We're getting there, Cave. Racers. You want to just shit on a tabaxi? <laughs> yes. When you take the dash action, your speed increases for that action. The increase equals 10 times your proficiency bonus. Damn. That could get nasty fast. If you're a level 7, if you're a level 18 monk with no feats, you can have a movement speed of 300. Don't forget our weirdo combo where it was actually advantageous to take a few levels of Barbarian. <laughs> uh, oh my god, that could get nasty fasty. Yeah, yeah. One D&D is going to, like, like one of my favorite things to do in D&D is try and build the fastest character possible. <laughs> I, think we're, I think I'm currently up to 2,300 feet per round sustained. Oh, you fucking weirdo. But, like, I can't remember exactly because I don't have my notes for the build. 
And then finally, Swimmer. You can hold your breath for up to an hour. You have a swim speed and resistance to cold damage. Last thing's weird, but I guess they need something. I have two problems. Yes. One, they should have a fly speed. So that's going to be covered later in the document. Okay. Two, the swimmer should be amphibious. Eh. I mean, holding your breath doesn't really come up that often in D&D. But the swimmer should be able to breathe underwater. And in, in the document, they mention, uh, like, they have, like, example animals for all these. And with the swimmer, only one of them has gills. Yes, they, but one of them has gills. Yeah, they mentioned shark and then crocodile, dolphin, and frog. And, like, frogs are amphibious. They don't breathe underwater. Don't they? No. I know tadpoles do. Yeah, tadpoles do. Frogs don't. I'm pretty sure, at least. Anyway. Uh, so last two things with the class, last two things with the species, uh, they have some divine magic because, you know, they're still celestial based fucking beings. They just have animal heads. Uh, they, they know the thaumaturgy cantrip and whenever you finish a long rest, you can replace that spell with a different zero level spell from the divine spell list. When you choose this species, you choose whether that is, whether that uh, spellcasting ability is intelligence, wisdom, or charisma based. Nice. And... You have proficiency in per- you have proficiency in perception. It's always good to have. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> yep. Next up, the Dragonborn. So, hey, you read Fizzbins? Not yet, actually. <laughs> All right, cool. This is that. Okay. With the breath weapon. Well, sorry, it's actually better than Fizzbins because. It's modal. So, when you take the attack action on your turn, you can replace one of your attacks with a breath weapon. That's good. You can choose if it's a 15-foot cone or a 30-foot line. Also good. You have to make a deck saving throw based on your constitution. On a failed save, take a d10 of the chosen type. On a successful save, they take half. The damage scales in cantrip leveling. Yes, finally. <laughs> how many ta- how many iterations of Dragonborn did we have to go through before we got that? Fuck. Yep. Uh, so at fifth level, you get two d ten. Eleventh level is three d ten. At seventeenth level, it's four d ten. Like that's all I wanted <laughs> for so long. Yep. You can use your breath weapon a number of times equal to your proficiency bonus, regaining all expended uses on a long rest. I'm back hacking this version of Dragonborn into 5th edition. In my 5th edition games, anybody who's listening, you're playing this kind of Dragonborn now. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking Christmas. Also, hey, they have dark vision. Oh, they have dark vision now. (laughs) I keep forgetting that they don't have dark vision. Right? And then... dragons can see in the dark. And then finally, at 5th level, Dragonborn can fly. Eh, that's cool. At fifth level, as a bonus action, you spout you sprout spectral wings on your back that last for ten minutes or until you are incapacitated. You have a fly speed. Your wings appear to be made of the energy used by your breath weapon. Dragons have dark vision. So I don't know why this annoys me so much. I figured you'd be more excited about hey, a thing that can fly. Well, yeah, but like I'm more concerned with the 
bird people being able to fly. Well, they're not bird- than the dragonborn who traditionally don't have wings being able to fly. They're not bird people, though. They're they're humans with bird heads. Yeah, bird people. Aarakocra and Kenku are a thing that still exist. Are they? Yes. Have they shown up yet? Not in this, but he has also said, hey, this exists alongside everything else we've printed, unless we unless it doesn't work. Unless we reprint it. Yeah, unless we reprint it or it just stops working with what we did. We're going to begin to that later. Bye-bye. Okay. And then finally, for species in this document, Goliath. Yeah, the big boys. Yep, these big boys. They're so big, <laughs> they have a 35-foot walking speed. Yeah, big boys. And they have five separate ancestries. Whoa. One for each type of giant. Nice. So, if you go with the stone giant ancestry, you have stone's endurance, the classic Goliath ability. Which is, you roll a d12, add your con modifier, reduce the amount of damage you just took. Yeah, it is great on pretty much any Goliath tank. Yep. If you go Cloud Giant, you have Misty Step. Just for free, number of times you get your proficiency bonus. Okay, so there is a cap. Yeah, all of these abilities are equal to your proficiency bonus. Okay. Ooh, that made Stone Endurance better. Yeah. Because you get two. No, no, level. no. Stone Endurance is equal times your proficiency bonus. Never mind. Isn't it? I thought it was just like once per rest. Uh, I'm looking at Goliath right now. Unless, yeah, this is uh, uh, Mordekind and Presents Monsters of the Multiverse. Yep. that it- uh, It's not the classic Goliath, because classic Goliath, it was like once per day. But. Yeah, Volo's Guide to Monster is once per short rest. Yeah. Once per short or long rest. Yeah. Monster of the, the Multiverse uh, is. Good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, just, a, just a fucking Goliath barbarian. Quick, take a short rest. <laughs> I need a nap, guys. I almost got a boo boo, but then I shrugged it off and now I need to rest. Uh, I, I know I'm a Goliath totem barbarian, but come on, guys. I have a hangnail. I need a nap. Oh, the whiniest Goliath. <laughs> but guys, my endurance. Do you want me to keep tanking for you? Then let me sleep. Fuck. Anyway, if you're fire giant ancestry, when you hit a creature with a weapon attack, or with an attack roll, and deal damage to it, deal an additional 1d10 fire damage. That's awesome. Yeah, and I'm specifically mentioning when you deal damage to it. Because if, yeah. if you're fighting werewolf with unsilvered, unmagic weapons, you ain't doing dick to them even with fire damage. I say for no reason. He's talking about because I was playing a character that couldn't deal damage to the werewolves unless I did my fire damage ability. <laughs> yeah, And it was such piddling little damage that I just ended up grappling them. Yeah. Oh, and actually, did I say it was five? I meant six uh, abilities, like six ancestries. You said five, so we're going to get more. Yeah, so six. No, it's six. Because there are six types of giant. Anyway, yeah, so that's fire giant. If you go frost giant, same thing, but it deals 1d6 cold damage and reduces the speed by 10. You know, doing ice stuff. 
see that works like i've i've talked to people about the reduce their speed by 10 thing and usually i'm like yeah it's not that useful but making your melee weapon attack reduce their speed by 10 really works because you can get those multi hits in when you get higher levels and especially like if they reintroduce the slasher feat throwing that on a long sword and just reducing their speed by 20 every time you hit them they're not going anywhere now i'm in my head swashbuckler rogue get in there reduce their speed by 10 bonus action dash away, bonus action dash to get away from them and they can't catch up to you yeah yeah because with swashbucklers, yeah, you, you make a melee attack at them. Not even hit them, just make an attack at them. They can't attack at opportunity you. Yeah. Yeah, no, that works. Yeah. Next up, if you go hill giant, when you hit a large or smaller creature with an attack roll and deal damage to it, you knock them prone. Nice. And then finally, storm giant. The when biggest you, of big boys. When you take damage from a creature within 60 feet, can you use your reaction to deal 1d8 thunder damage to it? <laughs> nice. No save, just instant 1d8. It's a slightly tweaked hellish rebuke for jo- for Goliaths. Dude, put uh, combo that with armor of Agathus. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, then at fifth level, um, Goliaths can use their bonus action to turn large. Cool. Yep. Uh, last for 10 minutes or ended as a bonus action. Uh, while you are that, you have advantage on strength checks and your speed is increased by 10 feet to a total of 45. No reach, which seems like an oversight, but then what are you going to do? Uh, and then once you use this trait, I uh, can't use it again until you finish a long rest and they have powerful build. I'm going to fill out the survey and say they should have reach. <laughs> yeah, like... <laughs> Like, that's what I'm going to do. If you don't like anything here that you're hearing or that you read, fill out the survey. Yeah. Like, honestly, give them reach and reduce the time. Just give them reach. No, like, 10 minutes seems like a lot. No one's ever going to use it for the full 10 minutes. Yeah, exactly. So why make it 10 minutes? Yeah, actually, you can get away with making it one minute. Exactly. Like, even if they use it outside of combat, having a minute of just being large is still good. Like, what can you do as a large creature in 10 minutes that you that wouldn't be accomplished in one minute with your friends? I'm thinking. <laughs> okay. Acting as a bridge across a small chasm. For an entire caravan to cross. That's all I got. <laughs> find me a find me a player character who will do that. That isn't you. <laughs> I was about to raise my hand. <laughs> <sighs> so anyway, let's move into the cleric now. Oh no! So, like the previous things, this has one subclass option currently. I'm glad that they announced they were planning to do four subclasses for everybody. Yeah. That's good. Bonus points if you can guess what the subclass is for this document. War Cleric? Nope. Life. That that was my second pick. (laughs) 
So, uh, clerics, still a D8 hit die. Uh, saving throws, still wisdom and charisma. Skills, uh, they get persuasion, religion, or choose two from history, um, insight, medicine, perfor- persuasion, and religion. They're still the best necromancers. <laughs> Fifth edition clerics are like amongst the best necromancers. Yeah, uh, so they have uh, training in simple weapons, uh, light armor, medium armor, and shields. And they have a list of starting gear that you can choose from, that you can just get, or spend 110 gold. Which I like that they are just giving a flat number for classes yeah. still, and not just rolling dog shit dice. Yeah, I, I do. I really, I prefer that. Because rolling 5d4, like, that's the one place that I actually felt like I got unlucky on in D&D a lot. Yeah, like I'm ridiculously lucky, as we've said before, and like buying equipment. Like I'm always like, oh, I got like half of what I could have. Oh, I guess I'm gonna buy some pants and a sword. <laughs> no, 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 not armor, just pants. Yeah, just pants. I can't afford armor. Yeah, what do you think I am? Some kind of fucking money bags noble? I'm playing into it now. I'm a street urchin. Eat my ass. Uh, so you know what? I'm not buying pants. I'm gonna steal some pants. But your dexterity's five. I don't care. I actually had a character that I played once who his backstory was he stole all his starting gear. Tight. So at first level for clerics, they get spellcasting. They can prepare three cantrips and two first level spells. They're recommended spells you prepare. Sacred Flame and Thaumaturgy and Cure Wounds, Shield of Faith, Spare the Dying. I disagree with Spare the Dying. I like that spell. It's better with Grave Cleric, but still. To not have one offensive leveled spell prepared? Again, they... So, so that, so that is, that is again. I mean, it's the life cleric, so makes sense for a life cleric. Well, so this isn't for the life cleric. This is just for the cleric. Yeah. Then and again, must. though, and again, this is, this is not. When you do this, you get these spells. This is here are our no, recommended no. spells for a first level cleric. You can I'm choose just, whichever ones say, you want. I'm just saying the recommendations are flawed because they they should have at least one level damaging spell of some kind. They're building the cleric as the as the. They're they're leaning into the turbo healer, which is a problem that they should not do because that's 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 what that while clerics are versatile, the role they are intended to fill is healer. They aren't even the best healer in the game. Uh huh. Life clerics are, but <laughs> like consistently, yeah, clerics I, aren't the best I, healers. Clerics are the best healers. But, well, no, I'd say like for like across like all of the options, I'd say druids are the best healers. For consistency. Yeah, but you can't heal when you turn into a bear. Yeah, you can. You just shake your good berries at him. <laughs> <laughs> that came out a lot dirtier than I intended. You fucking asshole. <laughs> oh, man. At first oh. level, clerics also get Channel Divinity. Use Channel Divinity a number of times equal to your proficiency bonus, and you can do it in one of two ways. The first... Divine Spark. As a magic action, 
You point your holy symbol at another creature within 30 feet of yourself and focus divine energy at them. Roll a number of d8s equal to your proficiency bonus and add the rolls together. You either restore hit points to the creature equal to that total or force the creature to make a con saving throw. On a fail, they take radiant equal to that total, half as much on a successful save. That's nice. And turn undead. Whoa. As a magic action, you present your holy symbol and speak a prayer, censoring undead creatures. Each undead within 30 feet of me must make a wisdom saving throw. If it fails, it is dazed for one minute or until it takes action, or until it takes any damage or you are incapacitated or die. Dazed is a new thing. As I quickly jump back to the rules glossary to read what dazed it does. Uh, I'm just going to say this. I have never used turn undead. Really? Ever. I've always been like, unless it's destroy undead, it's not that useful. So, with the dazed condition, you have limited activity. You cannot take a bonus action. You cannot take reactions. You can either take an action or move. And I mean, if you do, okay. and uh, and well dazed this way, the only action the creature can take is the dash action. And if it moves, it must end its turn. It must end it move farther from you than it started. I mean... Kind of okay. just, kind of just taken. Like the day's condition is a little bit better for me than just like regular, regular frightened, but not calling it frightened. Uh huh. But it still just feels like yeah, it's frightened, but not calling it frightened. Yeah, and like it still doesn't feel that good to me. Like turn undead has always felt like one of the weakest cleric abilities, in my opinion. Yeah, fair enough. And that's not even like. Oh, if you take into account all of their... It's just a weak ability in general, in my opinion. Yeah. Like, it's not the all-star of any, like, class. Like, you could slap it on Ranger and it's to be like, eh, I'd rather do something else with my action. Yep. Moving on to second level. You have the Holy Order, which is, effectively, your fighting style. There is Protector. Which is you gain martial weapon proficiency and heavy we- heavy armor training. There is scholar. You gain proficiency in two of the following skills: arcana, history, nature, persuasion, and religion. So the cleric spells, those are the, the cleric abilities. Mm-hmm. And whenever you make an ability check using that using one of those skills, you gain a bonus to that skill equal to your wisdom mod. Nice. Finally, making someone who's supposed to be knowledgeable actually knowledgeable. Yep. And Thaumaturge. You get another cantrip. And you regain one expended use of your channel divinity when you finish a short rest. Okay. That's not bad. Yeah. Then at third level, you get your subclass. Because they're standardizing all subclasses to be third level. Which I both respect Yay. and hate. Yay. I don't get to be... Well, like, they still, like... they get there are, There's options to make your character unique earlier on, at least. Yeah. One thing, one thing they talked about with the cleric is just... It's just they wanted you to be able to get more things per level and not just go, all right, level one, you get all this stuff. Goodbye. See you in level five. Or not at all. Yeah. Uh, they also... Level one cleric tips. 
Yeah, so funny you bring that up. When talking about why they decided to standardize everyone getting subclasses at third level, they brought up three things. First, if you are a new player, they didn't want to overburden you with choice. Because apparently, this is not to talk down to them, this is just something I hadn't noticed before or heard talk about. Apparently, players got overwhelmed by choosing a subclass at first level in some cases. Uh, yeah, I mean... Specifically new players or like... Yeah, specifically new players. I have spent hours laboring over the decision of subclass for classes that wouldn't get it oh, for I, another few levels. I haven't. I'm a min-maxer. I'm not. <laughs> the second op the second reason they said they were doing this was for veteran players who have never played that class before. You're not a veteran if you've never played every class. I don't know, man. I mean... There are plenty of people I've seen who've been like, yeah, I played the game for 20 years. What's a cleric? You got to try every class at least once. And it could be they tried a class and then it lasted one session. They were like, yeah, I'm going to kill off my character and make someone I like. I've done that. <laughs> done that quite a few times. Shockedpikachu.jpg. And then the third reason they're doing it is to try to cut back on the amount of people who min-max one level dip into other classes to get a subclass yeah, it's no, it's really not not cool in builds especially because like there are a lot of abilities that you just lose out on entirely by doing that one level dip yeah like, they you reduce your overall capacity and you lose out on like i don't think i've ever taken a one level dip you may have never i'm a min map you may have never taken one but i have we have talked a lot and you've done like when we don't like Con the concept builds. Oh yeah, in a concept build, that's that's one thing, but in actual play, it's a lot less fun. Yeah, uh, I think in the in the actual video, they talked about how it was how like the guy interviewing him who was like his name's Todd Kendrick. He is the in-house D and D PR guy, which is to say, he's the guy who interviews the main people working on the book. So that they can technically have, say, yeah, we did like an interview with it while having it never leave in-house. You gotta love. Manipulative PR? No, the, like, the companies figured that out. Just as soon as the internet started becoming a thing, it's like, oh, wait a minute, we can just put this out ourselves. Hell yeah. Fuck those guys who are gonna interpret our words weird. Yeah. Hey, who, who on our fucking... Who on our fucking PR team has a good talking voice? Okay, you. Throw some fucking softballs. That's the other thing. You can't get caught out by somebody if you're getting thrown softballs the whole time. Yeah, I, I remember in that little thing they did, They, the guy mentioned, if I have one more fucking person at my table, take a one-level dip into Hexblade Warlock. Oh, I fucking hate Hexblade Warlock dip. Like... That is actually one of the few subclasses I refuse to play just because everybody's like, oh, you gotta do a one-level dip in Hexblade. No! No, you don't! You do not. First off, it's a really good subclass on its own. Yeah. Second off, you can get a lot of the benefits other ways. You don't need to single stat, especially charisma. <laughs> but yes. Your paladin should not be making a warlock pact. 
Well, I mean, you could be making a warlock pack with a celestial. Your paladin should not be making. They're not a hex blade then. And hey, if if they do go hex blade, there are plenty of fucking holy swords out there that have consciousness. I agree with you. I agree with you, but still. The only times I've ever even considered multiclassing is entirely for character reasons and not at all for like optimization reasons. Like, I actually have a table that I've stopped running. Like, normally I run games at third level so everybody has their subclass. Everybody's getting their momentum. I have one table I don't run for, run that for. Because I had one guy who would almost always do the one level dip into something oh, to grab a cool first level stuff and then never go back to it. It's like, yeah, I did a... Or, or the two level dip into fighter. <sighs> Which, oh, come on, be unique. Why would they be unique when people have solved the classes? But yeah. I respect that they are going, hey, we're putting everything at the same level. I hate that it's third, because it's so far away. But uh, what are you going to do? Uh, say goodbye to dozens of characters as they die before they ever, ever reach third level. <laughs> I haven't had a lot of characters. I haven't had. I haven't played a lot of characters that have died before third level. I have played a lot. Like again, I'm from the old days where like DMs just did not give any fucks if they killed your characters, um, and that was all DMs. <laughs> I've I, I've always been considered a soft DM because I didn't want to kill player characters. Um, but like, I have like played so many level one characters, and they like come to the table. And I had like a stack of five level one characters. It's like, let's see which one survives. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was just the norm back in the day. And even today, I still have some DMs that I play with who are from that generation, who still have that mindset. And it's like, you better bring five character sheets because we're starting a level one campaign, baby. And I'm like, <laughs> uh, I'm just going to roll a barbarian so I don't have to bring five character sheets. Uh. <laughs> I'll roll a healer so the party keeps me alive. Fuck this. <sighs> Alrighty. So, uh, yeah, so third level, we get the subclass. We'll get to the subclass when we get there. Uh, level four, they get a feat. This is because ability score improvements are now feats. Yep. At level five, they get smite undead. You can kind of play one table that didn't like let you choose feat or stat mod and everybody hated it. Yeah. Except the DM. Yeah, so uh, at 5th level, Smite Undead. You can use your Turn Undead feature to Smite Undead. Uh, you roll a number D8 equal to your proficiency bonus. Uh, add the rolls together. Each Undead that fails the saving throw against that use of Turn Undead takes the damage on top of the other Turn Undead effects. That is useful. Yes, and it also... It, they, they took... I hate Destroy Undead. It fucking sucks nards. Because Why do you hate destroy undead? Because it fucking never actually destroys undead, unless you're <laughs> fighting unless you're fighting vanilla zombies. Yeah, it used to be better, but yeah, this yeah it sucks. And now this is just it's just strictly better. Like yeah, it's not an insta kill, but guess the fuck what? It works it against, against bigger things. You can use it against Strahd. Yeah, 
like Strahd and his undead minions come at you, you uh you smite undead, and then it's just Strahd, and he's like, impressive. Yeah. Now you die. Yeah, and it's, and also you also hurt Strahd while doing it. Exactly. That's and, why he. That's why he said impressive because you hurt him. Yeah, and if you have a fucking divination wizard, then you fucking burn up one of his uh, legendary resistances automatically. Assuming div- assuming divination wizards are still a thing in this new edition. I really hope they're not, or they're nerfed. Yeah, well, it, like four four subclasses. We'll see how that works out for wizards. Divination wizards. They're the I want to be the DM subclass. <laughs> like. Like, I actually had a player roll a Divination Wizard. I was like, do you want a DM? And he said yes. The only time <laughs> I've seen a Divination Wizard be played, it was a character who had social anxiety disorder. <laughs> That's awesome. And also, they were going to a they were going to a high school where they wore a uniform, but no one else did, because it was a uniform for a different school their parents thought they would get into. That's weird. And their spellcasting focus was a five-pound orb that couldn't Damn. fit in their backpack, so they just had to carry it. <laughs> their parents sucked. It's like, oh, yes, I got you a focus, dear. It's like, it's like, oh, it's a fucking orb. I can't really carry this, and it's not very useful. Oh, I thought that's what you practical casters used. Oh, well. Parents were assholes. Go watch Dimension 20, everybody. Anyway, uh, seventh level, they get Blessed Strike, which this is just very good. When you when a when a creature takes damage from one of your zero level spells, or you're attacked with weapons, you can also deal an additional one d eight radiant damage. Once you do that, you can't use it again until your next turn. Just that's just fucking great. Just goddamn once a turn additional d8 damage on cantrips or weapon attacks. Yeah, that's yeah, that's really fucking good. Yeah. <laughs> I love how flabbergasted you were of like, oh wait, that just is. What? Yeah, like I mean it's cleric, so I shouldn't really be surprised, but Yeah, and the fun thing with that is that is that that is the base cleric ability, because it's essentially taking like a divine strike and another ability that were subclass locked and just making them the same ability for every subclass of cleric. It's great. At ninth level, you get to choose a second holy order. Cool. Yep. 11th level, divine intervention. Whoa. Yep. As an action, you roll percentile. If the number is equal to or lower than your cleric level, the god comes down and goes, hey, I got you, B. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty standard, in yeah. my opinion. Uh, in this case, um, the effect of any divine spell is appropriate. And if the intervention occurs, you can't use it again for 2d6 days. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't sound that different from divine intervention currently. Uh, currently, uh, divine intervention is, I believe, a fixed rate on how often you can use it. Uh. Uh. Yes. Uh. So you can't use it again for seven days, but now it's two d six days. That's such a huge difference. You're right. Eh. 
the ability was fine. What the fuck else are you going to do to it? Exactly. It's just like, like, it's like sneak attack. Yeah, it's like sneak attack. It ain't broke. Don't fix it. They haven't changed sneak attack in like 20 years. Yeah, because they got it right. Because got it right the first try. Well, and then uh, at 18th level, Divine Intervention now recharges on 2d4 days and it, uh, and it uh, succeeds automatically. And then at level 20, Epic Boons. They have some new Epic Boons, they have some new epic boons in this. I'm not going to go over them yet just because it kind of gives a fuck. It's a level 20 ability. No one's going to get them. You don't know. Maybe they've tweaked it so that people will actually play level 20. Oh, sweetie. You can't tweak. You can't tweak in real life scheduling. Yeah, I know. So then that is the base cleric abilities. If you are a cleric, no matter what subclass you pick, you will get all of those abilities. Now we move into the life domain cleric. Which is, which is the guy who says, what's death? The most boring cleric subclass. Let's see if they've improved it. So you have domain spells. At third level, you get lesser restoration and prayer of healing. The new prayer of healing. At fifth level, you get mass healing word and revivify. At seventh level, you get aura of life and death ward. And at ninth level, you get greater restoration and mass cure wounds. Is healing word still a thing in this edition? Uh, yes. Is it still superior to cure wounds? Probably. They ha- they haven't updated it yet, so it's just good. So it feels like it's going to be just the same. Yeah. Well, then, yeah. Because again, any broke, <laughs> don't fix it. Cure wounds. <laughs> in combat, healing word. Yeah, bonus action, baby. And ranged. <laughs> no, fuck. What? Ardling Cleric, two-level dip into Rogue to get bonus action dash. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. So the cure oh. wound becomes a bit more effective. I can move 90, f- I can move 100 feet around. Fuck all of you. Oh, we're already optimizing. <laughs> I did that fucking believe by accident. Oh, no. <laughs> Also at third level, you get Disciple of Life. When you cast a spell... Yeah, sorry. When a spell you cast with a spell slot restores hit points to a creature, that creature regains additional hit points on the turn you cast the spell. The additional hit points equals two plus the spell's level. That is a very lawyer way of saying this doesn't affect Goodberry anymore, you fucking weirdos. Because <laughs> uh, apparently yeah, that was the thing people did. You gotta phrase it in a lawyer way. Yeah, apparently that was the thing people did, where they were just like yep. talk to their DM. It's like, hey DM, this is a spell I cast with with thing. So can I get the disciple of life? No. Okay, cool. I hey, everyone, my DM is Hitler. Yeah, I've had people do that. <laughs> like, no, that's yeah. not how it works. You can't uh, you can't maximize Goodberry with this. I'm sorry. Yeah. Hey, buddy. Deal with it. How about you eat my fucking ass? You'll get what I give you, and you'll fucking like it. Or better yet, they could eat my good berries. Yeah, and then and then the other players come up and it's like, "Hey, damn, I have this fun idea for a thing that's not fucking optimized. It's just kind of just fun. Can I do this?" And you're like, "Yeah, all right, cool." And then I get yelled at for letting them do something. And then you kick that person from your table. Yep. 
absolutely what I do. Yep. The fun DM comes out when you have fun ideas, not trying to not trying to abuse them. Why do you think caves? Why do you think caves okayed basically all of my magic items? Yeah, because they're they're good ideas and are fun. They don't just break the system. Like to give an example, I I actually have a group right now with these two players. One was the Goodberry Life Cleric, and he's been whining ever since I said no to him. <laughs> uh, the other was a barbarian. Not nothing special about his barbarian. I don't even remember what subclass he picked. But one day they were like facing off against a, like a group that had a like they were in a tower, and he looked at the tower and said. So if I run along this line, they can't see me. And I looked at the map, and I was like, yeah, that's right. So I can get to the tower. Yes, I get to the tower. You have the move speed? Go ahead. As an action, I want to break one of the walls. (laughs) I was like, what? (laughs) Can I use my carpentry to figure out how to topple the tower? Yes, you can. (laughs) I mean, yeah, that's one of the carpentry abilities. Yeah, but like, like nobody ever uses it, and I was just so proud of him. <laughs> was the was the tower made of wood? Yes, the tower it was a wooden tower. Alrighty, awesome. Yeah, so I was gonna say he, if it's a stone tower, it's gonna be mason tools. Yeah, he applied his carpentry, and then Goodberry Boy's like, "That's not the rules." And I was like, "Technically, it is," and technically, I don't care. Yeah, this was fun. What you wanted to do was cheaty bullshit. I think you did that too in one of my games. I tried to, but I never actually got to because I think like like other shit got in the way. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was like it was like you you were like fighting on like a tiered wooden thing, and you were like, "Hey, can I like make a check to see which one of these pillars I can destroy with my three floating great swords?" Yeah, <laughs> I miss that character. He was too <laughs> overpowered. He was. This too- was back before Artificer was released, so we re- proper Artificer was released. Yeah, so we were using one of the like homebrew Artificers. Yeah, GM binder uh, shit, and this was. So OP. I should have so re- realized it when one of the pieces of art they used was, hey, what if medieval Iron Man? Yeah. Oh, I was like, that character was so overpowered. Very overpowered. Uh, like, I would never try to play that again. But this was early days of fifth edition for me. So, yeah. Like, All right. Sixth level. You get preserve life. As a channel divinity ability. As an action, you expend one use of your channel divinity, present your holy symbol, restoring a number of hit points equal to five times your cleric level. So minimum of 30. Nice, because that's consistent healing too. Yep. Choose any creature within 30 feet of yourself, including yourself, and divide up those hit points among the chosen creatures. This feature... Oh, that's nice. This feature can bring a creature's hit point, uh, current hit points to no more than half its maximum. Eh, not a bad restriction. Yeah, that's the restriction that's always been on that ability. At level 10, Blessed Healer. The healing Yeah, you can tell I never played a life cleric, because I didn't even know that was a a normal life cleric ability. Yeah. Preserve life's kind of always been the life cleric just go-to. It's like, oh, we're fucked. Okay. Now get back in there and fuck them. Oh, we're getting fucked harder. God damn it. I'm going to just keep putting a band-aid on your knife wounds. Healing word. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, I'm out of spell slots. Shit. <laughs> oh, well, spiritual weapon. Keep doing your thing. <laughs> it's 
spiritual weapon is so good. And it's still good. It's still good. Like, that still would be my go-to if I was a cleric or divine soul sorcerer, more likely. <laughs> yeah, assuming divine soul sorcerer survives. Ah, uh, backwards compatible. Don't you get... If- don't you get sorcerer cl- subclasses at first level, though? Oh, shit, you're right. That's the fucking ticket. Because sorcerer, cleric, and warlock all get their subclasses at uh, all subclass at first level, and then druid and wizard get their subclasses at second level. So since everything is now third level, what does that mean for those classes and then those backward compatible abilities? Yeah, that's that's going to have... That's a question. Yeah, it's a question that I hope gets addressed at some point. We have two more years of this shit. So, we'll see. Anyway, 10th level, Blessed Healer. When you cast a spell with a spell slot on another creature that restores hit points to it, you regain hit points equal to 2 plus the spell's level on the turn you cast the spell. It That is, the, that is another base... Um, life cleric ability just you get high enough level you heal them and then you get a little taste it's a little just like hmm one for you yeah so all right two for you one for me (laughs) Uh, gonna shake your good berries on them (laughs) (laughs) and then at level 14 supreme healing Uh, that's gonna be my new euphemism (laughs) so when you would normally roll one or more dice to restore hit points to a creature with a spell that you cast with a spell slot, don't roll the dice for healing. Instead, use the highest number possible. So it's maximize. Nice. Yep. At 14th level, for every spell slot, for every spell that restores hit points from the spell slot on the turn it's cast. That is, yeah. I like that. Eat like fucking balls, Goodberry. Yeah. <laughs> Goodberry is good for rations and fucking nothing else. Uh, no, it's still really decent out of combat healing. It's, I don't know, man. You get one hit point. And you can eat all ten of them. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's a first level spell slot for consistent healing. And it lasts. Eh. Like, we're not going to get into this, because I could give you an entire speech on Goodberry. Yeah, no, I'm assuming you have a dissertation written. I do. I kind of like how you've never played, kind of like how you've never looked, fucking even looked at a, like a fucking life cleric. I've never cast or seen anyone cast Goodberry. It's all about the optimization, but 90% of the time, I'm not playing in games where it would be beneficial to optimize to that degree. <laughs> every single character did one level dips like like goodberry like you cast it before you go to bed and use up all of your spell slots on it so that you just have a stack of goodberries for the next day (laughs) (laughs) he's like yeah i've got 50 goodberries 10 for you 10 for you 10 for you oh we just had a fight you lost five hit points eat five goodberries you lost 10 Eat 10. <laughs> it's just like, all right, everybody's back to full and we're full for the day. All right, let's get going. Man, if they With make like if, no spell slot use that day. If they make good crafting rules, good bear is going to get even more depreciated because you'll actually just be able to make healing potions goodly. I was good. It, I know it should be well, but 
I was saying Goodberry a lot, and so the word got stuck. <laughs> I was about to ask. <laughs> I was like, Goodly? <laughs> yeah. Word got stuck in my brain and then pooped out in the wrong order. <sighs> so, yeah. That's the new document. That's the new bit for some new terminology for the cleric class, the life domain subclass, and the species of Ardling, Dragonborn, and Goliath. What do you think, yeah. Cave? I approve of everything. I don't have a problem with anything in this docket. Yeah, same. Which honestly, me. <laughs> it's like it's almost like they took it's almost like they took a uh, criticism and feedback and used it constructively. Yeah, I am shocked. Yeah, and then with cleric, they just kind of fixed the things that they missed the first time. Yeah, it like. It looks decent. I'm annoyed that Life Cleric was the first one they did, but I mean that's what they assume everybody plays cleric for. Well, it's it's not what it's not what they assume people play cleric for, it's what they internally use cleric for. Like, yeah, wrong. like they have like with a lot of these things they kind of have in their head the platonic ideal of what a class is. And that's what these suggestions are. Like with Ranger, they're like, hey, here's a spell list. Here's a spell list that we recommend for, you know, building a thing. And that is for the most vanilla Ranger for fucking Ranger A. Rangerson. There's a reason Codzilla is still a thing in the community. Cleric or Druidzilla. Ah. I was like, what does Call of Duty have to do with this? Nothing, thankfully. I use my action to dolphin dive. <laughs> no, I'm doing that in your game. <laughs> And I can do it as a swift action. Remember? <laughs> you fucker. <laughs> yeah. Starfinder jokes. Yeah. But yeah, so uh I I am actually finding myself surprisingly excited for whenever new one D D stuff drops. Yeah. Like they're listening. Yeah, they're listening and they're making decisions that for the most part, makes yeah, like decisions that are competent and decisions that the player base has largely already made. Also, because like, how many times have people like fucking homebrewed shit where it's been like, all right, yeah, the, we this rule, it's stupid and we don't like it, so we're changing it, and then the new thing comes out and it's like, oh, it's just the rule we made up. I mean, the reason they introduced the first level bonus feed is because a lot of tables use it. Yeah, I use it. I don't I, use it with every table. I mostly use it with newbies, but I use it. Yeah. And I play Pathfinder. Let's <laughs> <laughs> hear your little shit. <laughs> Come at me, fuck boys. You can play on your paved road. I'm going to be sitting over here eating gravel. <sighs> but hey, this is neat. And I am very much looking forward to what they do next. I am looking forward to like, the new weapon options. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if Druid is still busted. It will be. Imagine if it wasn't. If it isn't, I will lick dirt. <laughs> I I will go out. If the first Druid they release isn't busted as fuck, I will go outside and lick the fucking pavement. Ha, <sighs> I... And I'll send Dad a picture so that he knows I did it. <laughs> 
that's how that's how confident I am that the first druid they release is still going to be the most powerful class. Even if you weren't confident, it's not that bad. Like licking dirt isn't that bad. I'm a neat freak. <laughs> but yeah, I yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing like the new weapon options. I I want to see what the fuck they're doing with martial characters. Cause as much as I enjoy being a magic wizard boy or fucking whatever, there's still the fantasy so- is the sword guy. Oh, well, not even fantasy. It's just satisfying. Just have a stick. <laughs> I've got a stick. Yeah, like the amount of times I've made characters and their weapon is just a club. Like fuck in in Alex's Gar game. There's a reason I gave him a club. I hope we get to play that again. I'd love to get some more time with a Vargar. Yeah, when I when I play fucking monks, their main thing is I run into an area as fast as humanly possible and then baseball swing a cr- baseball like a quarter staff into someone's fucking nuts. I always go unarmed. I like weapons. I like not having to spend any money at all. <laughs> That's why monks are one of my favorite classes. Like, I the first time I was looking through the rule books and saw monk, I was like, monk? Why would I want to be a priest? Because I didn't know anime really that well yet. Yeah. And I start going through it. I'm like, oh my god, these guys don't have to spend any money to be effective? <laughs> and I built my first monk. While being told that they sucked. Because 3-5 <laughs> three, five monk, three, five monks sucked. 5th edition monks suck, but not as bad as 3-5 monks. Uh, I I fucking love monks. There might be they might yeah. be my favorite class. Monks are just fun. Yeah, it's it's weird thinking about it and like hearing like the community's opinion on things and being like Rangers. I get it, but I love them because like again, I I get the problems with Rangers. At the same time, yeah. though. I fucking love them. Cause they're they're kind of just what if you want to be a what if you want to be like a detective but don't like rogues? They're great. I fucking love them. Make them good, wizards, you assholes. Never. If you're willing to turn fucking Elder's Blast into a class ability. Fucking Hunter's Mark, you dickbags. Yeah. Who the the fuck else uses it? Revenge paladins? No one uses it. Not even them. It's because they keep forgetting to do it before they attack. (laughs) That's why you got. That's why you got to build out the spreadsheet. (laughs) You see, what you got to do is you got to build a flow chart of optimal combat situations. (laughs) I couldn't even finish saying that. Uh, you're terrible. Uh, so that was this depth. That was this one D and D update. Uh, I should have pulled this up before. I am not smart. Uh, the feedback survey will be available uh, on December twenty first. So from time of recording, you have a little under three weeks left to read this. Read this through for yourself. Check it out. Play it with your groups. And actually, it was a neat fucking thing when they mentioned uh, like the uh, 
people who filled the survey, they specifically said, like Jeremy Crawford, King D and D nerd, I guess. Uh, he's literally in charge of it. That doesn't mean he's the king D and D nerd. Okay, we'll talk about this later. <laughs> but yeah, it yes, like Jeremy Crawford was like was like yeah. So as invaluable as people who like played the playtest material and filled the survey, it's also very important to get people who just read it too. You straight up acknowledge so if you can't find a group who wants to play the playtest. Your opinion is still valid. Yeah, like both surveys have said have started out with, "Hey, have you played the material?" Yes, no. I think you felt the survey is normal. <laughs> and they also mention a lot about the like written responses because on top of just like the, you know, gradient of hate it to love it, there's also a little box underneath that we could actually just write out stuff. And it seems like they're also reading that very much. Because if they didn't, they wouldn't have pivoted the Ardling into just being beast people, but kind of magic. We want to play furries already, God! But you have the tabaxi! That's just cats! <laughs> Alright, fine. Like, seriously, it seems like they've got, they like, goats, cats, and elephants. And bulls. Goats? Satyrs. I mean, I guess... It's it's as close as I can get. <laughs> Let's not forget the birds. Oh yeah, there's a variety of birds. Off the top of my head, I can think of three flavors of bird. Yeah, it's a variety. <laughs> it's a small variety, but a variety nonetheless. But yeah, so if anything we have said is sound interesting to you in terms of playing it for yourself or just getting a chance to read it and like get a full dive in on it and not just me reading it poorly to cave. Sorry that there wasn't much rage, but I actually liked most of what was uh, done here. So yeah, <laughs> it's solid. Uh, you can check out the thing. It's a uh, free on D and D beyond right now. Survey opens up on the 21st. Check it out. Fill the survey and we'll be back next time with the next bit of one D and D content. Uh, what are you hoping for cave as terms in terms of just next? I'm hoping for like martial classes next <laughs> because I'm hoping that they actually make them able to compete. Who's ready for a brand new mall fucking open palm berserker barbarian and champion fighter. <gasps> oh God, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What do you think they were going to be? Hey, we're doing oh, we a play, te- hey, we're doing a play test. We're going to be doing, fu- we're going to be doing fucking, we could get battle master. <laughs> Imagine if they put it out and it's like, all right, sick. We got fucking arcane archer, totem warrior, and goddamn fucking ghost arm motherfucker. I would fucking love that, but they're not going to do that. You're they're right. never going to do gonna that. It's going to be champion fighter, berserker, barbarian, and open hand monk. <laughs> <sighs> so thank you all for joining us. We'll be back for that. Uh, Curse Destiny still comes out. Sorry, we took some time off, but life scheduling is a fuck. I had my birthday. I'd celebrate my birthday too. I mean, yeah, and James is just dying constantly. Yeah, we really need to send a life clerk his way. <laughs> we need to send him employment, like different employment. 
check out the Patreon or whatever we're using right now. Kofi, co-fi.com slash Prods. Again, that is ko-fi.com slash Prods. Link in the sidebar and down in the description. But until all that, I'm dead. And I'm Cave. And we'll see you guys next time. Goodbye. Have a wonderful time.